Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my very chilly friend, Potty Mouth. Very chilly. I'm excited because baseball is in full swing, but it is not baseball weather. It is fucking cold. Do you know what I wore to the last game that we went to yesterday? In fact, I do. It, 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 <laughs> maybe our listeners don't know. I wore two pairs of socks, long underwear, and jeans, three layers on top, my heavy uh, winter coat, two pairs of mittens, well, one gloves and one mittens, and a hat under my baseball hat. And a blanket. Don't forget the scarf. And a scarf. Exactly. So it was fucking cold. And I'm really looking forward to going some to some warmer games. But at least we weren't in Pittsburgh. I think they were in per- Pittsburgh when it was actually snowing while they were playing. And there's some great video c- clips of Fernando Rodney on the pitcher's mound just leaning back and eating the snow as it comes down. My, my favorite little quip about this, of course, it's been fucking freezing everywhere. There's lots of games where people have been huddled up. And, you know, I feel bad complaining down here in D.C. when I had friends on the Green Monster with the wind up there oh, in Fenway. Crap. So cold. So cold. And so my buddy Pookie says, no matter how much you say mind over matter, still matters. <laughs> Totally matters. You know, it was the coldest opening day on record for the Texas Rangers. It was 40 degrees. Holy shit. For the Texas Rangers on their on their home opener. Damn. Part of the reason is we started the season about a week earlier this year than right. we have in the past. This was this was part of the the union contract, the 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 the, the players association contract because they want to end in October. October baseball should finish in October. So they started a week early and now everybody's putting off games because of I don't know, snowstorms and wind gusts and all of this. But you have to you have to play in the cold on one side or the other. Yeah, well, I saw something about how maybe they should alter the schedule so that more of the games are being played in warmer places or places with domes. And I don't know, there's a little bit of a matrix to be figured out. Oh, the algorithms. Oh, the algorithms. We have sort of a public service announcement to discuss. We have to discuss premature boyfriend ejection. Back to back premature boyfriend ejection. Although I, I would... I would posit that the Trey Turner, Potty Mouth's boyfriend, ejection was legitimate. Merit, merited. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. He fucked up. Yeah. And he he argued. He argued right. right off with the ump and he got thrown out. So so my boyfriend just had an ejection, but I think yours definitely had a premature ejection. He did. He did. And, and he's ticked about it. So Anthony Rendon is a very mild-mannered human. He does not argue with the umpires. He doesn't say a bad word about anybody in public. He was called out on strikes twice on, on game two, yesterday's game at, at Nats Park. And the second time, he sort of flipped his bat. He sort That's of like, what we saw. We saw him like toss it down. He didn't like, it wasn't exuberant. He didn't like, he didn't say a word. His lips yeah. did not move. And Marty Foster, the home plate umpire, ejected him immediately. Prick. Marty Foster is now the most hated man in in D.C., which is a crazy place to be the most hated man, considering who else lives around here. I'm not sure if he's number one yet. Yeah, it was was unwarranted. You could see he was paying if he was paying somebody back that always mouthed off at him or whatever. 
later on, they said, oh, well, you know, he had to like maintain order or the players wouldn't respect him. The players do not respect him for throwing out Anthony Rendon for I this. I saw something saying that he had stepped out of the box on the strike before. Out of the batter's and, circle. Right, right. And he was told to go back in and he didn't like immediately jump when he was supposed to. And so you throw him out? I mean, that may yeah. very well be true, but that still seems kind of extreme and kind of fast. But what right. what I loved, and I think maybe you did too. Oh, was, I, oh this is awesome. This brand, is so fucking Brand cool. new manager, Davey Martinez, runs up there gets right in Marty Foster's face and argues with him until Marty Foster throws him out. Right. So the, the key part here, though, is when Martinez first came out, he did it in a very mellow way. He really, he you could see he was arguing, but it wasn't out of control. He was sticking up for his player. He knows Rendon. And then... And then as soon as he, he kept it up until he got thrown out, and then he tossed his cap. This is old school. He so went cool. completely so old cool. school. Tossed his cap down, kicked the dirt over home plate, flipped out once he was already ejected from the yeah. game. And then he had to go back and watch the uh, watch the rest of the game on the TV in his office, which is not what he had in mind. But he did the right thing. And all of his players have a lot more respect for him now. I mean, they, they seem to like Martinez just fine oh, yeah. before. But all of them in interviews have been like, he stood up for us. He's got our back. He's our guy. So he totally won over any players that were on the fence about him yeah, and for I'm, doing that. I'm dying to message with our friend Marco Oliveras, who we talked with a few weeks ago about oh, this. Oh, about because, tempers. But about tempers, because he talked about probably the reason why he wasn't the for- first Puerto Rican manager was because he had some temper issues. So Davey knew enough to just wait until the right time, but then he let it go. And all the players and also Martinez in, in, in post-game interviews talked about the umpires like they do the best they can and they, they, they don't want this to come back and haunt them oh, later yeah, for sure right but rendon made a good point that there's no repercussion for an umpire who makes bad calls they don't get set down to the minors yeah right there's no review there's none of that about calls so that's an interesting point to put up there this moves right into our boyfriend updates anthony rendon my boyfriend coming into this game was in his home opener, he hit three for three. He had two doubles and a base on balls. He had a hit in every single game he's played so far, doing awesome until yesterday with two strikeouts and then being ejected from the game. But not a bad start for my my Nationals boyfriend. No, he was totally the the hope in the home opener day because that day went sour for us, for Nats fans, pretty fast. But seeing he was the him bright continue, spot. he was totally the bright spot there. More bright spots, my boyfriend. Uh, Adrian Beltre of the Rangers has a huge a mile mark now. He has the most hits of any Latin American-born player at this point, with 3,055. That he, he he broke it with 54, and then he's at 55, and he's tied for 23rd overall with Ricky Henderson. So yay, nice. yay, Beltre at 39 years old. I think he's gonna be moving up on that ladder. Yes, he is. I have to say a word. I have to say my Braves boyfriend, which still makes me go, Ooh. I know the feeling. But Freddie Freeman, feeling. oh my God, I picked Freddie Freeman. He currently is leading the league in on base percentage, in walks. He's tied for lead in RBIs and runs scored. So I can pick him. I can pick him. Yeah, you just hear his name constantly. It's all over the updates. My uh, my White Sox boyfriend, Tim Anderson, is tied with your Nationals boyfriend, Trey Turner, woot, and woot. Nationals' Michael A. Taylor for the most steals so far this year with four. And we saw one of those steals we by did. Trey. So we that did. was pretty sweet, except for that getting thrown out part on opening day. But... uh I have a round roundabout way to talk about another boyfriend. We did talk about Big Sexy Bartolo Colon at age 44 
being in the the Rangers minors. Right. Yeah, we were surprised he took a minor league contract. Right. And then we saw him playing. He got the the ask for spring training. They had him start a game. I really thought he was going to be a bullpen guy at this point at 44 years old. He not only started the game, but he only got one run on six innings. He had seven hits, not bad for for the old man. And the boyfriend connection is that the he he left when they were ahead, but the uh, they eventually lost because my A's boyfriend Jed Lowry got a two run double in the seventh, put the A's over three to one over the Rangers. And sorry, big sexy, but at least he he made his mark. I think big sexy forever. I'm, I always like to hear good things about the old guys, the young guys. My Tigers boyfriend, Nicholas Castellanos, is totally rocking right now. He's is doing great for me for points for my fantasy base, boyfriend baseball league. But also there's a stat that I wasn't really familiar with before, although I think we talked about it briefly in a past episode. Hard hit rate. Hard hit rate is we, – we, we looked it up to try to find a good definition, and the best definition we found was balls hit with authority. Yeah, which that's a great Which seems a little subjective to me. But Nicholas Castellanos of the Tigers has 55% excellent contact hard hit rate. So he's my guy. He's doing really well. I, I just want to add that at this point you have one boyfriend with excellent contact and another one with premature ejection. Just, just keeping track. Thank you for that. So noted. I also have one with his own potty mouth. I mean, I've got you. Oh, I love this. It's my potty mouth. I am so jealous at this point. If you have seen on our Facebook page the interview that Potty Mouth posted with Tommy Pham, in which he drops lots of F-bombs and talks about how he's kind of resentful for how long he had to spend in the minors before coming up to the major leagues. With lots of potty mouth language. I am so jealous now. He's awesome. I'm not the only one with with her, her own personal potty mouth. I've got you... Tommy Pham's just got his, his inner potty mouth. <laughs> there has been a lot of many, many repercussions. A local news in St. Louis talking about Tommy Pham and whether whether his, you know, his spewing of profanity and kind of exposing what he felt like he's been through was appropriate. All ah, that. Fuck him. So <laughs> so they talked, the press talked to the Cardinals president, John Mosliak, and he was like, Eh, fuck him. No, he didn't actually say it that way. <laughs> he was okay with it. He's like, I've talked to Tommy. It's okay. He, he's, he's he just talks like this normally. He's entitled to his opinion. I mean, but he was mainly talking about like the structure the content, of it and the content gotcha. and what he said. But he did, in fact, say what I would have said, which is, I wouldn't have used as many F words. I wouldn't have said that. I would have been like, fuck yeah. Good job, yeah, Tommy. That, that's how one of the 47 ways you and I are different. We have a lot of boyfriends with character, shall we say? And and that's one of the things that I really love about some of the guys who I've chosen. It's kind of also, what makes them a boyfriend. It is. It is. Also just doing fucking awesome, which is Chuck Nasty, Charlie Blackman from the Rockies, is romping. He's having another start out year. You knew he was going to do well this year. And he was going to be a free agent. He was going to be part of that pool that everybody's all freaked out about. That crazy Machado Harper class. Totally. Yep. Totally. It was like that Machado, Harper, Blackman. Look at these guys. They're going to get a boatload of money next year. But then with everything that happened in the free agent market this past summer and things lasting, you know, basically till now for getting people placed, Charlie Blackman signed 
prematurely <laughs> to, to keep oh, the again. theme going, to keep the theme going for six more years, just this past week with the Rockies. It's between 108 and 116 million, depending on what kind of tricks he does. And I'm, I'm looking at it like at this in a couple ways. One, it's a little bit of Altuve fallout, right? The the Astros locked in Altuve for his keep him away from free agency. Years. We're just going to keep you right now. And and that franchise connection. He's an Astro. He did the World Series things. He's he's connected to them. Face of the franchise, realistically. So I think that's what Blackman's doing with the Rockies. I like this place. I'm dedicated here. And they gave him a great fucking offer. The cool thing about this is he's about to be 32. So looking wait, wait, at pause. this, he got a multi-year off. Yep, and he's over thirty. And he's over thirty. So that's There's the hope. thing, though. That's but but this is where you have to think about which way you're going to play it, right? So he got the multi-year offer from his home team before he went out on the free agent market. I saw reactions from two different agents on this. One saying, "What I think is, damn, this is a smart move. You're a good guy. That everybody here loves you. It's a great fucking deal. A shitload of money. Lock yourself in now." Oh, man, you're over 30. And the other agent, and, and there was no name in this article, but you know how I feel. I about know a who you're agent. guessing it is because you've got to think. What this guy said is stupid fuck. He, well, he didn't say in those words, but basically he should have waited and seen what Harper could have gotten and tried to follow along those lines. But the deal is here, and what I'm wondering about what the fallout's going to be, is both Machado and Harper are 25, right? Mm -hmm. Blackman's 32. Um, Apples and oranges, man. Totally. I I think he's smart. I think Blackman was smart here. He's totally smart, and this might not mean that everybody's going to follow in these footsteps, because what a lot of writers are saying now is this is going to be the new way to go. Everybody's going to be freaked out about what happened last year, not going to hit the free market, going to take that qualifying offer or previous deal with your team. But I think it depends on age. I think it's the over 30 thing. Following up on the age thing, I saw an article that this is the first year that Bryce Harper is actually older than all of the hottest prospects. Right? He's been playing for years, and he's finally older than all the prospects. So, yeah, it's going to be a very different situation for the young guys than it is for Blackman. I think Blackman was smart in this this case. I have one more boyfriend comment about the Blackman thing. So, you know, he gets this multi-huge deal. And actually, this extension, he's the oldest person to get a deal over $100 million, like, on record. Wow. So what does he say? You going to get a new car? You going to get a Porsche? No. Remember when I first reported on him as a boyfriend that he's still driving the Jeep that he drove in high school. That's right. He said he's going to get new tires. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be awesome tires. They're going to be really awesome tires. My Orioles boyfriend, Jonathan Scope, had a very small but very important play this past week that leads into a discussion about what I think is really the play of the week. His tiny little play was a perfect bunt to advance the runners In overtime, in the 14th inning, the Orioles against the Yankees. But what it did was set up a freaking grand slam. That's amazing. So the O's could beat the Yankees in 14 innings. That's a thing of beauty. I mean, absolutely beauty that the perfect bunt is so nice to watch. And of course, when it leads into a grand slam by Pedro Alvarez of the O's, his first since 2012, so it's been a minute, it's it's a pretty impressive thing. And just to see, you know, the O's beat the Yankees in 14 innings, man. I turned on the game when I saw that it was tied in the 11th inning. 
And then I ended up watching for another hour and a half. But what I got to see in the 11th inning was the craziest play. And it's totally my play of the week. Okay, so O's versus sure. Yankees. There's a passed ball, right? So Caleb Joseph, the catcher, has to run back to catch the ball. In the meantime, Didi is running home. Didi Gregorius of the Yankees is running home. He's going to score, right? The pitcher, Givens, comes in to cover home. The catcher tosses him the ball. He tags the so the, the pitcher gets to the base, tags out Didi. It's out, but he's blocking the plate. Right there is a Buster Posey rule. It's like Rule Seven Point One Three or something. Yeah, those numbers came up a lot this in in the post game discussion, which came from when Buster Posey in 2011 had his leg shattered. You know, catcher for the Giants, he was blocking the plate. Runner from third base came in charged him he was blocking the plate flattened him shattered his leg so major league baseball said we have to protect our players a little more we have to basically force people coming home to slide and not bash into the catcher so now there's a rule which is nicknamed the buster posey rule which apparently buster posey does not appreciate which means you as the catcher cannot block home plate unless you have the ball in your hand right you can't just do it to just you know keep the runner out in this case it was the pitcher Givens slid in front of home plate. He was absolutely blocking the plate. He kind of caught the ball as he slid right, into the position. If he were the catcher, that would have been illegal. Right. So there was review on the play. And weirdly, the, the call, the judgment call was the Buster Posey rule didn't apply because it was the pitcher, not the catcher, doing the exact same thing that would have been illegal if it had been the catcher. First of all, the whole thing looked fucking painful. If you see the, oh my God. the, the pitcher yeah. slide in, he's doing sort of a half split. He's got his back leg sort of tucked back and his front leg it's going perfect down. perfect. If you, I mean, It was a perfect move to block the plate. Yeah, well, if and you can block Gregorius the plate. is basically sliding at first into his crotch, if you look at it, and he comes out with blood in his mouth. So, you know, of, the, of two of my dearest baseball-loving friends, number one being my husband says wait my, i'm not one of your two dearest two, two of two of oh, okay yeah, just no, checking no, just checking see there's like a five-way tie or maybe a three-way tie i don't know depends I on be number one yeah we're i have i have so many loving baseball people but interestingly my husband die hard red sox fan says that they should have expanded that rule because the whole point is for people to not get hurt and it was a dangerous move gregorius had blood coming out of his mouth so my husband was basically saying, give this one to the Yankees. My Yankees fan friend, Santiago, says to me, fuck it all. I don't like the rule to begin with. I miss those home plate collisions. That's where, like, you see the emotion. Because he it. wants the concussion? I, I think he just wants the action, you know. Yeah. And he, he's, a, he's a purist in a lot of ways. He does not like adding on to the rules. So he's not in favor of the Buster Posey rule. And I'm just thinking this Yankees, Santiago's a Yankees fan, and he's saying it should have gone against the Yankees. My husband, Red Sox fan, I was like, the world's upside down. I don't know what's going on. You can see why I stood up for another hour and a half to see how the game turned out. And it turned out in the O's favor, which I am okay about. With some Yankees potential injuries, though. And we saw oh, today right. Right. Sabathia, who I've been predicting is going to have a heart attack on the mound this year. I'm going down on that. He is now on the DL. Sanchez had a cramp on that. The Yankees were just coming up with injuries left and right that night. So maybe it was because they were going down 14 were, innings to the Were Sabathia's like arteries hardening as he watched this happen? Is that what happened? I mean, it could have been. It could have been. And it was cold. I, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to my friend Matt, who's an O's fan. And I think he has the perfect line because 
Machado was actually getting cheered in Yankee Stadium. Matt brought that to my attention. They want him bad. And he also said that, you know, for the O's to put the put to put Machado on short this year is akin to helping your girlfriend open a Tinder account. <laughs> so Yankees fans got to check him out. Derek Jeter has a new best friend. It and is his, not me. And his no, and but his name is Gabe Kapler, because now everyone is focusing their hate on the new manager of the Phillies instead of on Derek Jeter for a while. Damn. Gabe Kapler was booed at the home opener of his own damn team. That's so sad. Okay, so he is a very, he's one of those managers that's very reliant on statistics. He has a game plan days before the game. He doesn't want to change his plan. His players don't particularly like him. He is not a warm and fuzzy guy. He's a newbie. Isn't this his his first year? He's a newbie, but there are other newbies like Dave Martinez, who's very warm. And even Aaron Boone. So the first thing he wanted to do coming in was gain the players trust get to know the players this is not what what kapler does kapler has a game plan by the numbers and it is not working in a public relations way and it didn't work until yesterday right and in a game playing way either because he's like no matter what was happening on the field he was sticking to the plan he was pulling pitchers out at the wrong time he was making everybody unhappy he was making bad calls didn't he pull somebody out with nobody warming up. Yes, he tried to be put in a relief pitcher who hadn't been warmed up yeah. yet because on his list that was what he was going to do next. So right now everybody hates Gabe Kapler mostly, but you were saying yesterday it's a little bit better now. So yesterday there's this crazy game and we were following it a little bit when we were at the game and I was like 17 to 1. The Marlins scored first. They actually got their one run in the first inning. God and love then them. the Phillies just fucking ran away with it. And you were just hoping for the mercy rule at that point. So they won 20 to 1. And Kapler comes off with a quote saying, oh, so this is why you don't evaluate baseball on three or four games, but on a lot more. We have to keep working. So basically he's saying, like, don't get mad at me over the first couple. Look at the long run. And 20 to 1, that's pretty impressive. He did have one of his players who anonymously said, we'll do fine if we can get the manager out of the way. So our, our our Jeter hate right now, you know, maybe overwhelmed by a little bit of Kapler. I don't care either way. It's the Phillies. So ah. I, I I can't hate Kapler. He was on the 04 Red Sox that broke the curse. So I sorry I had to put that in there. Also, as we speak, Arietta is debuting for the Phillies. So I think it'll be I'm dying to see how that's working out. We'll report back on that later. Speaking of pitchers that we love, Lester. With the bounce pass that we talked about in a previous episode. John Lester of the Cubs. John Lester of the Cubs did a bounce pass to pick off somebody at third base and it worked. Yeah, and I got to say that the coach who who has worked him through this is Brian Butterfield, who, and y'all are going to kill me for this, but actually worked with him on the Red Sox. Yawn. So they, so they know each other. They have a good relationship. And as we saw, he was coaching him through the bounce pass. Did not go well in spring training, I recall. We reported on that. But this time, it actually worked, right? If only he could also hit. Well, so then, <laughs> then Joe Madden... Brings in Lester yesterday. I don't know. I don't remember the story behind it, but he brought in Lester to pinch hit. And he said, and it worked. They won the game because he laid down a bunt. And Madden said, 
I think John Lester has a great swing. People are not believing me, but watch the guy hit a golf ball. It's incredible. So he's making this connection between his golfing and his pinch hitting. Lester, apparently interviewed by somebody across the, uh, the clubhouse with absolutely no clue of what his manager just said, he said, if you see me with a bat, it's never a good thing. <laughs> I was just trying to not screw up. And he That's didn't. Beautiful. He didn't screw up. Awesome. Otani watch. We've got to op- update on Otani. Can I just say that I was the one who said, oh, yeah, they're going to start him in the minors because, oh, he's not doing very well in spring training, except for that one former player that, that worked with him in Japan who said, you know, he's never had a good spring training and then he's fine. Turns out well, that your, guy Your daughter is right. also probably about to kill you for advising her to take him off the She put him back. League. She didn't listen for long. She, uh, that's excellent. Well, he's had a, a breakout. He has a win, and he has three home runs and three games batting. And I, I was listening to something, though, that connects to your humidor stuff, saying that maybe while he fucked up pit- why he fucked up pitching is because it was Arizona and the effect of the humidity or lack thereof or lack of. on his breaking balls, which did not break. And now they're breaking. Like, my confusion, though, is, is Anaheim really that much more humid than Arizona? I, I don't no. know. No, I shouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know. But the an important point is that Bryce Harper of the Nationals with five home runs is the league leader. Otani has three home runs already. That is crazy. And he's in the mound right now as we're, we're recording. So we're going to have to update on that via Facebook or something. Last episode, I commented on Hanley Ramirez's grooming. He was in our grooming segment because I was just admiring his dreadlocks. And I said something good is going to come of him. Much good has come of him. I posted on Facebook an article about him promising a kid, a disabled kid in the audience, his shirt if he hit a home run. Did it. Signed it. Gave it to the kid. Check out the link. It's an adorable hug. After that, he got two winning walk-offs. I think, you know, I think they were, one was a hit and one was a home run, but it was including the home opener at Fenway. So talk about your hero and talk about dreadlocks doing well. That's karma. That's some nice karma. Doing good good for the kid. Yep. I like it. Another person that we adore, both of us, Dusty Baker. I miss him already. And and it's so hard because we've talked about how much we're really into checking out Davey Martinez. We He's do. Really we like the fun. manager a lot. And we loved Dusty Baker, too. He's been quiet. He, he just left and we hadn't heard anything about him. He granted his first interview to the Washington Post, and we're going to post it on our Facebook page, because he said that many friends, including Bill Cosby is the one that jumped out at me, and I'm not quite sure where that was, but there were a couple of baseball people too, told him not to speak out until the anger had subsided. Seems like it took a little while. It's a good interview. It's worth a read. You may have noticed that a lot of batters have been wearing helmets that have this crazy little addition on them that covers their jaw. That's called a C-flap. It's named after the doctor that invented it. Dr. C? Dr. C. We'll call him <laughs> Dr. C. Why not? In the past, you saw them on baseball players who had previously been hit by pitches or for some reason had had an injury to face their face, phobias. to their, their cheek, to their chin, whatever, and then are protecting it, you know, after the horse leaves the barn, whatever that metaphor is. This is the first year that we have seen a lot of a lot of players. Wearing those as 
preventative measures. They don't want to get hurt in the first place, right? That's why they're wearing batting helmets. That's why they have the, the elbow guards, the shin guards, all of that stuff. They now have these chin guards. That may be the other thing that the C is for. Oh, Thank you, you very go. much. There you go. I was reading up on this, and it's kind of an interesting thing. High schools, I have a high school athlete, and colleges have been doing a lot to try to prevent concussions, prevent injury, sure. wearing a lot of gear that's required. They won't let their players use these C-flaps. That's bizarre. Well, can let me tell you why. It's, it, it is. It's, 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 a, it's a catch-22. It's very complicated. All the equipment used by players in schools, whether it's colleges or high schools or, or whatever, right. public schools, all of that equipment has to be checked out. It has to be certified as okay to use. The C-flap is an addition to the equipment. So if you have a certified helmet, you have to drill holes in it to put the C-flap on to, pre to prevent injury. That makes that helmet no longer certified. No one currently is making the whole piece that can get certified at one time. High schools say, we don't have the money to keep checking this over and over again, so we're just not going to use them. So their kids are going to keep getting hit, hit in the chins. The C-flap flap. This is, it's a kerfuffle. It's yeah. a flap. It's a kerfuffle. <laughs> Rawlings and some other companies talking about how to make a helmet that has that built in so it can get certified and that be done with sense. it. But in the meantime... And they can make money. Right. But in the meantime, you know, in the major leagues, that's fine. They can do whatever they want. They can attach them. They can modify. I was looking at some old photos. Guys who had had facial injuries in the past, didn't have these C-flaps, would wear like football helmets. They'd have like oh, funny. face guards from football helmets. But I'm hoping they can figure out a way to prevent these energy, these injuries to begin with for school kids. One thing we noticed, I think, on opening day was the fuck up with the music. The walk We could barely hear the walk-up songs. They would play them for like four seconds and then stop them. And I just wanted to hear a little bit more music. So it just made me think a little bit about walk-up songs. And I think we need to do a little bit of careful listening this year and check out who's got what kind of walk-up songs action going. Because I've been excited about, you know, Doolittle. And you were saying that you noticed like a theme through pictures with heavy metal. Yep. Especially relievers coming in later. They want that heavy metal song playing that whole long, slow walk from the bullpen to the mound. And I, and Doolittle's a great example of that. And he actually had that little A's gnome that played his walk-on song. Walk-up? Walk-on? Which one is it? Both? Yeah, it was a picture. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's the slow trot song. All right. So at least Doolittle's got the trot from Metallica, for whom the bell tolls. And then somehow, it just in my feed this week, I saw that Jed Lowry has Tom Sawyer, which my husband, a Rush fan, or at least he was when <laughs> in high school, might appreciate that. That was when dinosaurs roamed the earth. That, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was a little bit. But, but Jed Lowry is a young dude. He appreciates some good music. I also always appreciate, and I'm really bummed that he's on the DL, Daniel Murphy, because when we go to Nats and we get to hear a little bit of Dropkick Murphy's shipping up to Boston, too, like a song with Boston in the title for Daniel Murphy, he just makes me feel at home. Gotta He'll be back that. soon. He'll be back very soon. And, and Charlie Blackman, who we were talking about before, he's got Your Love by the outfield, and he's in the outfield. And if you don't think you know the song, you know the song. Potty Mouth played it for me. I was like, oh, that one. And we had a little dance break and we sang it a little bit together. Tommy Pham, what with the F-bombs and the swearing and the, the righteous indignation, chose his walk-up song at the very last minute. He chose the rap Soul Food. And we played it ourselves to get a feel for it. And it's a political choice. 
It's about I'm doing this for my family. Uh, you know, I don't care what you think about me. You know, it, it was yeah. very, it, it was a very in your face kind of song. A lot of them just seem to be, you know, the the good guitar riff or something that's intimidating. But right. he the has a message, stuff. man. He's using it. And he's got good potty mouth language, even in his song. Even in the walk-up song, it needs to be bleeped. It's not safe for work. I have a fan highlight for you that relates to our co- our conversations about the protective netting that all the teams are putting up. Right. You're updating on this. Oh, my gosh. The home we opener along. with the Indians, right? They're playing the Royals. They're playing the Royals. Lucas Duda's a bat. His bat goes flying out of his hands, goes up and behind home plate, lands on the the protective netting that's actually horizontal so it catches the bat and the bat is sitting on it fans are going nuts trying to grab this bat like from this from the second level from the 200 level no one can get it no one can get it later in the game a guy with crutches comes (laughs) up to the front uses one of his crutches over the wall scrapes it across the net Goes home with Lucas Duda's bat, so I, I give him my, my my fan of the week. Yep, definitely. He wore, he's earned that award. The week ahead, the thing I'm most looking forward to, it's our first bobblehead giveaway. I am so excited about this too, but it's not going to play music, is it? I don't think so. I think it's just a just a traditional bobblehead. But you know what? We can play the soundtrack our very our very own selves, the Sean Doolittle bobblehead for the Nationals. We're get very happy. Heads. And I want to give a shout out to Coach Sarah, one of our fantasy boyfriend baseball league players, who had the biggest jump. In the standings this week, she jumped up four places. Yeah, and it's early. A lot of our players have been griping to me about going up or down, or perhaps somebody who I know very well sticking at the rock bottom. Totally anchoring that bottom. But things change. Things change. Although, since last week, we have the same person in number one. So who I get one that? more week be? of gloating. Yeah, Patty Mouth Although, that. my number two team has dropped incredibly. I think I'm near the bottom with number two. But my number one team is number one. And your number two team number two. is number, number two. two. And the number three team is our friend Deborah on the West Coast. Number four is the aforementioned Coach Sarah moving on up. We are so excited to be be sharing real, actual baseball season baseball with you. We hope you're listening. We hope you're subscribing. We hope you're telling your friends. And in the meantime, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. If you like what you hear, go over to Apple Podcast, give us a rating, give us a review. That'll help other people find us. Thanks so much.